and welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library, a podcast for cool people who love libraries, where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. My name's Taylor, your host, the Oakland Branch Librarian, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Martha. I'm the Youth Services Librarian at the Auburn Branch of the Cranston Public Library, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, my name is Eric, and I am the Shelver at Auburn Branch. I'm a student at Johnson & Wales University, and my pronouns are she and him. Thank you both for coming on the show. I'm very excited for this episode because we've talked a lot about graphic novels on the show before. We've talked a lot about English language media, um, and you both are here today because we're going to talk about manga and anime. Uh, and so I know there are a lot of manga and anime fans out there in the Cranston community. So this episode is for you. So let's jump right into it with what you guys have been reading vis-a-vis mangas. All right. Um, well, I haven't currently been reading Komi Can Communicate. It's very nice. It's very entertaining comedy much in, in there. Another manga I've been reading is My Hero Academia, which is very action-packed, very, very detailed. It's a wonderful manga about these students that are they just want to be heroes. And almost 90% of the population is superheroes. And the main character is Deku, and he just wants to be a hero, but he wasn't born with a quirk. So... Yeah, those are the big two manga I've been currently reading. Yeah, um, I also love Come and Can't Communicate. So Eric and I actually talk about this manga all the time. So the premise of, of Come and Can't Communicate um, that I think is just so endearing to so many is the main character has incredible social anxiety. Like she can't talk to people. She literally doesn't talk through most of the manga. Um, but she's this beautiful girl, and at high school, everybody just wants to be her friend and talk to her because she's so beautiful and mysterious. But she's mysterious because she can't talk to people because she's afraid. So it starts off with her making friends with this one guy who is just sort of, you know, nerdy and doesn't have a lot of friends either, and they end up becoming friends. And she somehow communicates with him sometimes by talking or gestures, and her goal is to make 100 friends. So it's a hard goal because she can't really talk to people, but she starts to make friends throughout the manga, and I just find it so endearing because I think all of us can relate to at least a certain part of that. Um, We've all had social anxiety, even if we aren't socially anxious. Um, So I'm definitely following that manga, and I, I love it very, very much. Another one that I have been reading ongoing for a while is The Girl from the Other Side, and it's by Nagabi, and it's about this strange land, semi-medieval, and there are these creatures, and they're big and black, and if they touch you, you basically get sick and die, or you turn into one of the creatures, Um, and one of the main characters is this little girl who lives with one of these creatures and somehow she hasn't become infected and you don't know much else than that. You just get to see the relationship between this monster basically and this little girl and their friendship and everyone wants to know what's going on with the little girl. So 
Um, people are trying to capture her and find out what's going on. Um, so it's a very quiet story, but there's plenty of adventure and intrigue. And um, I'm, I've been enjoying it very, very much. I'm looking forward to the next volume. Yeah, if the thing about the monsters that she lives with this monster, but she hasn't gotten infected and no one knows why makes me think of The Last of Us. Yeah, seems like really interesting picks. Maybe to take it back a little bit, but for the newly initiated to manga, I know that manga is usually set up a little bit different than American comics. Uh, do either of you want to talk about that? If this, If people are inspired by our episode to go and check out these mangas and maybe are like, whoa, why is the book backwards? Basically, if you're grabbing the book like a regular book, just flip it around and just basically just read it backwards. All you got to do. It's very true. Um, it can be a little intimidating, though, especially I find if you have been reading prose for a very, very long time, if you're not used to graphic novels or comics in general, it can be very disorienting. So if you've been reading only adult prose novels for 20 years, um, I can understand how it would be a little bit difficult to read. So one of the things is, first of all, in Japanese, the words are written in a different orientation than in English. So when you're reading a manga, you're actually going to be reading from right to left and top to bottom which is literally the opposite of how we do it with English. So you're reading not only translated words, but you're also reading in a different direction. So that can be a little jarring, especially at first, um, which is why if you're going to start reading a manga, I'd actually suggest one that has maybe fewer words because it'll sort of get you into you know, the, the rhythm a little bit better. And there are lots of mangas that um, are sparse on words or, you know, don't have as much in terms of figuring out what's going on. Another thing that I know is often difficult for people who aren't used to manga, and I actually still have trouble with this. I know that Eric definitely does not. Um, it's following what's happening can be very complicated, especially if you have lots of action or fight scenes. Um, it's very cinematic. Manga is written and drawn very much with anime in mind, I think. Not that you always have an anime coming from a manga or the other way around, but it's the shots are very similar to what you would see on a screen if you were watching an anime. Um, but you don't get every single little piece of that because it would take 50 years to write one volume of a manga for that. So it can feel a little disjointed sometimes. And the best manga are usually the ones that make that easy for the reader. But I know that um, one difference between Eric and my taste is that I tend to enjoy um, more of the romance stories, more of the, you know, sort of quiet slice of life manga. And he tends to enjoy what's traditionally called shonen, which it usually just indicates that it's for boys traditionally, but lots and lots of people like to read shonen. That's where you're going to see a lot of the action sequences and a lot of the fight scenes. Um, so maybe Eric can tell us why he enjoys that kind of stuff and what he likes about it. I definitely like it because I'm a big like action person, big, you know, pow, bam, slam type of person. And it's just 
very, very intriguing how they, you know, how they have all these action scenes and they're nonstop. Um, I don't know. I just find that very, very interesting and very, like, eye-catching. But no, in general, I do like any kind of manga. You know, it can be from action, romance, mystery, sports. It can be all kinds. I just love manga in general. I can attest to that. Pretty much everything I've recommended to him, not only has he read it, but he's enjoyed it, which is just amazing. That doesn't tend to happen. <laughs> Fun fact, I've loved every single manga I've read. I've never hated one single manga. Wow. That's interesting because like manga is more of a format. I feel like sometimes it's treated as a genre. And I mean, in itself, it does as a as a format have kind of, I guess, some like similarities and tropes the way a genre would but just like graphic novels there's like any kind of genre of a manga a manga is just a graphic novel that comes from japan and is written in a particular format for japanese audiences and then frequently translated to come over here to english-speaking audiences but yeah so wow you just like it do you find that in regular books that you like all kinds of genres or is it really just manga that you are like no, an equal opportunist no it's, it's just the manga great um so uh marthy not to put you on the spot but you were talking about uh mangas that you know have less words and are maybe easier for people who want to get into the genre do you or eric do either of you have any recommendations you can think of off the top of your head as like great starter mangas for people yeah, for sure. Um, one of the ones I really think is very cool is called Laid Back Camp. And I haven't read the whole series myself. I've just sort of flipped through and looked at it. Um, but it's mostly about a bunch of students hiking. So a lot of the content is just pretty pictures of landscapes. I know there's other stuff that goes on, but it, there's a lot of pretty things to look at. And there's not a lot of action that you're going to have to follow. If there's drama, it's mostly words and emotions on people's faces. Um, another one that I would suggest is that actually suggest Pokemon because it's something that a lot of people are familiar with. They know the premise. They know maybe they've watched the TV show. Maybe they've played the game Pokemon Go or any other form of it. Um, it's so well known in our culture that I feel like if you went to go read it, you wouldn't have any trouble figuring out what's going on because it's Pokemon. Like, you've got this. Um, all you need to do is live in the United States right now, and you're going to know somebody who is reading, watching, playing the Pokemon game. So I think that's a really easy way to sort of get in and learn about it. And, you know, it's often aimed at kids, but I think people of all ages, as we know, enjoy it. I mean, most of the people I know who play Pokemon Go are adults. Yeah, this is true. But yeah, I was going to say that, like, as, as a manga and as the show, that's one of the ones that is, like, in Japan intended for children. I feel like a lot of times American audiences see anime and think it's all intended for children because of the bright colors and, and the style of the animation. Um but that's not the case. And so Pokemon is one of those ones that like in Japan was made is like meant to be a children's show and made for children. So yeah, I could see how that would be because it's geared towards a, a audience, how it might be an easier one to understand. 
Eric, do you have any starter manga recommendations before we move on? I would say definitely Dragon Ball Z. Not Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Super, not Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, it's very, very interesting right off the bat. I'll, I'll say spoiler alert for those that haven't started it, uh, but it starts with this person named Goku, and he's just chilling in, in the house, and then out of nowhere, this guy comes falling from the sky, and he says, I'm your brother, I'm here to get to know you and to take over earth and he's like whoa i'm a good guy i don't want to take over earth i don't want to do that so then his brother's like oh well if you're not gonna take over the earth with me then i'm just gonna take your son and whoa it's all i can say is it's very action-packed very comical as well and I feel like it's just a great starter for me. (laughs) All right. Awesome. So shifting gears a little bit into what we've been watching, uh, why don't we talk about some animes? So let's start with what have you guys been watching recently? (laughs) All right. Well, I'll go first. So I've been watching Sailor Moon recently. And it's a bit of a rewatch, but it's also sort of a new watch for me. So anyone who's been to the Cool Manga Kids Club that I run over at Auburn for teens, um, I've actually put this as a trivia question before. Um, I've asked them which of which anime is my favorite, and I've I've had to switch it a couple times. But Sailor Moon is the first anime I ever watched when I was a kid, and I watched it when TV screens still had snow and I would have to get up early in the morning to watch it on a Saturday because it was only being shown on television at that time. There was no DVD. There was no streaming. There was no way to watch it otherwise. So I watched lots and lots of Sailor Moon through snow and with no choice as to what order I watched the episodes in. So now many, many years later, I have the option to watch it from the beginning. So, um, I started out watching the original series, and I was having a lot of fun. It's an older animation style. There's a lot of comedy in it, Um, and I really wanted to watch the origin story. It was really fun, but at some point, I accidentally grabbed the wrong disc and started watching Sailor Moon Crystal, and then I promptly got fascinated with the huge debate in the Sailor Moon fan world about whether or not Sailor Moon Crystal is just a horrible, awful remake of a show that was amazing or if it has anything worth watching for. Um, But the reason I ended up watching a lot of Sailor Moon Crystal is because it kind of summarizes the plot in way fewer episodes than you would ever want to know about over a long period of time. And I just kind of wanted to know how things were going to go. So I sort of went and watched Sailor Moon Crystal for a little bit. And the animation is very modern. It is definitely not to my taste. I don't like it very much. Um, But it was really fun to be able to, like, know what actually happened in the story arc. And then I went back and I've been watching a lot of the old school episodes so I can really enjoy the journey. So that's my incredibly long story about what I've been watching. Okay. Um, 
I have currently been watching My Hero Academia uh, season four, which just ended beautifully. Uh, I, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what to say. It's just such character development and this anime is just crazy. Every single, almost every single character has had their spotlight. Their, that, char- that character development scene that just makes you cheer on for that character. And oh my gosh, once again, I'll say it. spoiler alert Hiroshima, one of those students in the anime, just wow. Just, there's like two episodes where you go back into like his youth, how he's changed over time. And you just want to cheer for him because of how his childhood was and how he wants to be this big hero, this person that wants to help everyone. It's just beautiful. Um, what other anime have I watched? I've been pretty busy with college, so I haven't had the time to watch much. Um, Haikyuu. Oh, my God. <laughs> I almost forgot about it. I've been watching Haikyuu, which is about this um, sports anime, but this character that he's like 5'3", and he wants to be one of the best uh volleyball players he looks up to his idol named the tiny giant and many people are like yeah no you can't play volleyball you're too short and he's like yeah i'll show you that i can be one of the best and it's it's great it really connects uh to me because i'm pretty sure i'm like five three and i've been wanting to play volleyball and it's, it's just very very emotional when you get to see all the things he's doing now from how he started to now he's almost he's currently in the tournament with his team and i think they're going to the finals yeah they're going to the finals and you just want to cheer on for them I th- if i remember correctly i've watched part of this anime i've never i haven't finished haiku but um a friend of mine showed me kind of the beginning of it and uh the premise is also like he, the position he wants to play is not is one that's like really only tall people generally succeed at. Like there were other positions on the team that he probably could play at his height, but like the thing is he wants to play the position that usually all of the taller people play, right? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> so he's just determined to like break form and show everyone that he can do it even though he's short. Yeah, basically. I mean, he can go for to be the Libra, which are usually the short people, the speedy ones. But now he wants to be, I believe it's the center or like the, the striker, something like that. But yeah, usually the tall people are the ones that are in that position. And we'll return to the show after a quick break. We are looking for library patrons to participate in a photo project. Our goal is to take black and white portraits of you, our local residents during this extraordinary time and have you answer the following question. What is something positive that came out of 2020 for you personally? Your photo and story may be featured on our website and social media and may also be featured in print as part of a gallery walk at the Central Library. For more information, contact Sarah Bouvier at sbouvier.com at cranstonlibrary.org. Users of Cranston Public Library can now access their favorite digital magazines using Flipster. 
Flipster offers an easy browsable reading experience. Users can browse magazines by category as well as perform searches for specific titles. An online newsstand provides a carousel of most recent issues as well as a carousel of all issues, allowing for quick access to magazines. Go to cranstonlibrary.org and click the link online resources you can use now to find more information on how you can access Flipster. Flipster also has an app available on Android and iOS. So, um, do we want to go into, cause I haven't, I do have a couple that like just overall that I really like of animes, but I have not watched anime recently. Um, so I guess I'll start off with some of my favorites and then we can go into like all time favorites. How about that? So some of the like first two animes that I ever watched that are, are close to my heart because they were at the beginning of me watching anime and really getting into this um and very different one is what we talked about which is thought of as like shonen so traditionally like an action um anime and then one is the opposite it's like the romance slice of life anime um is soul eater and oran high school host club um so I don't know if either of you, I mean, everyone's probably watched Oran High School Host Club. That's like a very, very popular one. And I think continues to still be well liked despite being, God, what, like 20 years old now? It's probably quite old. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I feel like Soul Leader wasn't a super popular one, but it was one that someone showed me because they thought that I would really enjoy it. And I did. Um, so kind of, and that's why people keep telling me that I would really like My Hero Academia. And I think that I would because that anime is very similar to Soul Eater, which is the premise is like, they live in a world where there are people who are weapons, like literally they transform into a weapon. And then there are other people who like train to wield these human weapons. And like you create a really close personal bond with the per with your weapon and, and become like this evil fighting team to fight like people whose souls have turned evil to the point where they like cannot be redeemed anymore and then like witches and other kind of like fanciful evil beings and there's like a school so similar to my hero academia where there's like a school to train these people to do this so eventually i gotta get around to my hero because i think that i would like it I also liked Fairy Tale, which is a super long anime, so I have not seen all of it, but another one that's kind of like people have power. In this case, it's magic. People have different magical abilities and like the kind of teen dynamic and, and all that. So it definitely is what I tend to go for. I just haven't had time to get around to it. <laughs> but so those are some of my favorites. So question that I've asked Michael Margakids before is what my favorite anime is, and although Sailor Moon is close to my heart, I've learned over time that Cowboy Bebop is really my favorite, like, all-time favorite anime. I love it so much, which is so funny because it's the opposite of the sort of thing I usually enjoy. It is um, action-packed, bounty hunters in space. Um, it's 
all about these characters that are sort of this rough group of humans trying to get, well, they're not all humans, are they? Just some of them are from different worlds, I think. Um, but they're all just trying to get by. They're looking for the next bounty. They want to bring somebody in so they can get money, basically so that they can have food. There's a lot of complaining about having to eat just bell peppers for dinner with nothing else because they can't afford anything else. Um, and it is a sort of a comedy of errors type of show. So each show, there's usually a bounty that they're going after. And within the group, they're not always necessarily working together also. Like, they'll be going after the same guy, but they'll get in each other's way because they, they both want the bounty for themselves. Um, so it's a really fun anime. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of silliness. Um, one of my favorite characters is Ein, which is a dog that's actually a data dog. And what that means is it was made in a lab by scientists. And it's really smart, um, but it usually just acts like a dog, except for when it does it. Um, and there's just so much fun. The music is really great. Um, like the title probably sort of alludes to the fact that it's all jazz music, um, which is something that you wouldn't necessarily always expect to see in manga. In manga, you get a lot of like rock and metal themes and intros, and you'll get a lot of, like, really intense music. Um, and this music can be intense, too, in a different way. So sometimes watching a TV show, like, I'll rewatch it over and over again. Sometimes it's just for the music, actually, um, for me. So I love Cowboy Bebop. I think that's my all-time favorite. And then Inuyasha is another one that I would say, especially for people who maybe haven't ever seen anime before. Um, Inuyasha is definitely like a very standard type of anime, which is basically main characters have to fight monsters. Like every episode, you're fighting another monster. Um, and it's a portal anime where the main character, this girl, she has like a normal life and has to go to school, but then she finds this portal to go to another world where she meets Inuyasha, and they end up having to fight all these monsters and have this drama. So she's got like two lives. She has to somehow convince everybody in her, you know, normal life that she is functioning as a human um, while she goes off all of the time into literally this other world to fight monsters. And it's, it's very silly also. I think one of my favorite things about anime is even if, it's a very serious story. There's almost always comic relief in like every single anime that you're gonna watch. There's gonna be something funny that can either like break up the emotions or you know just give you a little bit of a break if something really horrible is happening. So those are my favorite ones. Yeah, it's definitely like a genre that, or a for, again, a format because there are a lot of different genres out there, but it's definitely like a format that doesn't take itself too seriously, which is nice, I think. I'm going to go with what Martha said with Cowboy Bebop. It's not definitely one of my favorites, but it's up there. Definitely, like she said, the dog. It's just, I love the dog, especially because it's a corgi. It is so adorable. And definitely the music. The music, oh my gosh, the, the 
intro song is very, very catchy. Definitely one of my favorite anime openings. Uh, but now with my favorite uh, animes, my top five will have to be Dragon Ball Z, My Hero Academia, Hunter Hunter, Haikyuu, and Death Note. Which, if you didn't know, four of them are literally fighting <laughs> action-packed anime. And Death Note is mainly about more into like the mystery kind of anime. It's definitely gory, really gory. There's like at least one death in every single episode. But it's every single each of these animes, they all have like these cliffhangers, which make you just say, I need to keep watching. I want to keep watching more of this. I can't, I can't just end here. And definitely with like Death Note, it's, it's one, of, it's one of the greatest, I could say. Very, very, oh, I don't know what I can say. Um, well, I can definitely help because, so this is a show that I had to stop watching because it was so gory. Um, but I hung on a lot longer for Death Note than I expected to. Um, when I watched it at the time, you know, part of my job as the services librarian is to try to keep up with what, you know, teens are into and just sort of, be familiar with what they're watching. So I was so intrigued by Death Note because I think at the heart of it is a philosophical idea of like, who has the right to decide who lives and who dies? And like, what would happen if somebody did have the right to decide who dies? Um, so I, I did have to drop out of that show because it was too gory for me. I'm notoriously a chicken. I can't watch anything even relatively scary. watching it because that is how extremely well done that done that show is and the writing is just really great yeah definitely just the, the characters the how you start with it's mainly about this guy named Yagami. he's just like a basic top tier student in his school and he one day he finds this death note which basically says if you write the name of a person in here they die and he's like whoa um this is pretty interesting. Um, so he first breaks down the name of a criminal and finds out that, yes, the person dies in the book. So he continues to write down these criminals' names so he can basically make the world safer. But then, it, you know, it's obviously a crime, so killing people. So then people start trying to find out who this person is. And oh, that's all I'm going to say. You just definitely have to watch it. Related to this idea of an anime that kind of like plays with the philosophical question and is a little more like mystery kind of oriented, have either of you watched Psychopaths? No. I really enjoyed it. I recommend it if you like stories that make you think. Um, so the basic premise, and I love the animation style of this. It's it's a newer anime. I think it came out like 2015 or 2016. Um, and uh, so it's just like the colors are beautiful and it's just so crisp and um, futuristic looking, which is good because the it's set in like a somewhat near 
it's seeming like on the surface utopian future where there's no crime because they've developed a computer algorithm that can figure out if people are the likelihood that someone is going to commit a crime and it, they, they like quantify it in a number and it's called your crime coefficient. And so everyone is constantly being monitored to make sure that they are within like a safe level that they, it's not likely that they're going to commit a crime. And then there are some people who like when they're born or whenever they can first test people for this, like just naturally have a high crime coefficient and they're basically locked up from when they're children. Um, like basically like put within state care when, from when they're children and some people who are within the state's possession because they have a high crime coefficient get to get into this program where they work with the police to find other criminals. And, um, and so that's where the show takes place is this woman who's a detective and her, um, and her, this, these group of criminals that she works with to do her job to, to help prevent, like continue to prevent crime. Um, and they have guns that can read people's crime coefficient and automatically decide how to d administer punishment, which is sometimes lethal punishment. So it's, it's like wild. And it, so it will make you think about just like, are people inherently good or bad? It'll make you think about the surveillance state and, and whether surveillance is good or not. Um, and then like the ending of the first season is just like, huge reveal that you didn't see coming and you're just like, what? Um, so it's great. And so if you like a kind of mysterious philosophical anime, that's also a great one. So we wrap up the show with a segment, which I call the last chapter. And today I have a question related to uh, anime specifically. And I want to give us enough time to talk about it because I think it is a very, uh, people have very strong opinions about this question, which is, subs or dubs for people who don't know subs are watching the anime with english subtitles and listening to the original japanese and then dubs is watching the animation with an english voiceover dubbed over the the sound or the animation i'm gonna start it off <laughs> i know people are gonna hate me but i am a sub person i can't be going with subs especially if it's like a action-packed anime like Dragon Ball or My Hero or Naruto. I can't be looking up and down, up and down, up and down because I'm probably going to miss a couple of words or I'm probably going to miss a couple of action scenes. And there's like, well, I got to rewind again so I can watch it all over. And yeah, you know, dub, you know, you don't have to look down or up. You just watch it. And I know many people will be like, oh, but the voice actor is not that good. Hey. Hey, I'm not here for the voice. I'm here for the action. I'm here. For, I want to see those images. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I go. Which I can't lie. But you know, so voice actors for sub is a bit better. But I don't know. I rather just look straight at the screen and not be looking up and down. But yep, I'm a dub person. I actually think that's a really good answer. Um, I'm a little bit more nuanced. I don't have a strong one or the other more than I have strong situational preferences. So, so 
I'm I love subtitled things. I love foreign films with subtitles. I love reading them. But if I'm going to watch something with subtitles, I want to be having experience. I'm sitting down, I'm watching a movie or anime or whatever it is, and I'm focused on that. That's a great way to watch stuff, but if you are binging something or if you're doing something else while you are watching, like a lot of times I like to be just, you know, looking at my tablet or I do coloring sometimes. Like I got all sorts of, or I might even be doing house chores, you know, I can't read subtitles while I'm looking at something else. But if something's dubbed, I can sort of hear what's going on, look up occasionally, sort of go in and out. So I think it's related to how much I actually like a show, how much I feel like I need to know in order to follow what's going on, and what kind of experience I'm trying to have. So, like, if I'm watching Sailor Moon, I want it to be dubbed because sometimes I've seen these shows before. Or if it's Cowboy Bebop, I probably want it dubbed because... I'm going to be off doing something else and coming back because I've seen this many times. But if I'm watching, and I know on this podcast I've talked about Miyazaki movies before, if I'm watching, you know, Hell's Moving Castle or My Neighbor Totoro or Spirited Away, I want to be immersed in that world and I want to have that experience and I want to read the subtitles and I also want to hear the Japanese because I actually do think it's really cool to watch something in a different language and I'm 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 a linguist I love languages I'll watch something that's in French or Spanish and see how much of it I can understand um so there's another part of that experience for me so I don't think that there should ever be an anime that doesn't have a choice yeah I think that's great I'm I'm also in the dub camp um so I'm with you Eric and it's funny. So one, I'll, to add, including everything that you said, which is actually how I converted someone to at least some of the time watching dubs, like the second time watching through, they'll watch it as a dub because they were like, oh my God, I get to appreciate the animation so much more when I don't have to read the subtitles. And I'm like, I know, right? Um, but on top of all the reasons you gave, also like, I just read slowly. I can't keep up with all that, which is I know what sometimes people are like, oh, do you not like subs because you read slow? Yeah, that's exactly why I don't like them. Um, it's We all do things at our own pace here. But, um, but yeah, so, and I think that a lot of this controversy came from when the English voice acting wasn't as good when it was a new industry here to dub over animes but now i feel like funimation and viz and all of the different places that dub animes here in the u.s have been doing it for so long they've curated talent that is i think i I don't notice much of a difference with the performances when i do occasionally watch a sub or i have to watch a sub because there is no dub um to when i'm watching a performance in English. So I feel like a lot of this like controversy about like boo dubs was like before dubs got really good, which I think I think is where we're at now that everyone who does voiceover for anime has been doing it for years or it, or the people working on the show have been directing for years and they just know how to put out a good product now. Yeah, definitely. 
So one of the challenges that I have and a lot of people have in watching anime is it's originally done in Japan and not all of it's released in the U.S. So it can be difficult to get your hands on it. I know a lot of people watch anime on the internet and they can do that however they would like. But I want to let people know about how you can get it from the library. So first of all, there are lots of streaming services that the library doesn't provide that you can find anime on, and it's increasing. Netflix and Hulu are definitely putting more and more on every single day. A lot of the shows we talked about, you can find on one of those too. Also, there are animes on DVD available to check out from the library. And I know that I personally have a collection of all the Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki films that I can get my hands on here at Auburn. Um, and there also are some DVD collections like Cowboy Bebop is available, Sailor Moon, um, Haikyuu, some of the seasons are available. So I always suggest check your public library if you have a DVD player and the, the ability to watch that way. Check it out. You might not have to go finding it on the internet, um, and you might be able to watch it that way. Um, I know that I've discovered some animes that way because I am less likely to go online and go searching the depths of the web to find out a way to stream. So in case people think that you can't find animes in the library, I just want to encourage you all to, like, give it a shot. So, Martha, I know that you do some work on a site called No Flying, No Tights. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Definitely. Um, no Flying, No Tights is a website created primarily by Robin Brenner and Eva Bolin, and it was created by two services librarians who couldn't find reviews for graphic novels or manga anywhere. And uh, both of them are experts on the subject. They've been promoting graphic novels and comics for literally decades now. Um, and so they created a website where basically they review manga, comics, graphic novels. Um, so they've been doing that for many years, which is really lovely. Um, the way that I contribute to the site is we've been trying to do more lit features that sort of collect titles on a topic. So... For instance, we published one um, list on Pride with the theme of Pride, you know, anything that includes LGBTQIA people or um, experiences. And we also have a manga for middle school list coming out as well. Um, so I'm very excited to help curate these lists. Um, they're, you know, suggested the titles by the reviewers on the site and myself. Um, experts, people who think that graphic novels, mangas, and comics are really cool and important. Um, so it's a great resource for librarians who are looking for what to include in their collections. It's a great resource for people looking for the next thing to read. And it's a great resource in general. Um, if you want to learn about something that is popular, you can go see if there's a review on the website. I think it's also a great resource for parents who are trying to judge if certain titles are appropriate for their child, because it does usually talk about content and, and what audience, um, reviewers usually talk about what audience they think that the, the content is intended for and why. So if it's things like, I don't think this is good for 
younger readers because of this. That's usually in the review. So yeah, while it's created for librarians by mostly librarians, I think it's a great resource for anyone who wants to figure out more about different titles um, in terms of graphic novels, comics, and manga. I definitely agree. I think we always try to include who it appeals to, like you said, Taylor, um, and there's content information, so you're not, you know, you know even if it's just you reading and you don't want to read about certain stuff, you can sort of see those, those warnings. Um, but also, I think uh, something that we're trying to do a little bit more is talk about backgrounds and representation so you can get some ideas. If you're looking for a particular background or you want to see somebody represented, um, we tend to disclose that as well. Um, you know, most manga and anime creators are Japanese, um, but that's, you know, pretty relevant considering that um, not everybody in the United States is Japanese and speaks Japanese. So I think that um, it's an important thing to include. Yeah, definitely. Eric, any closing thoughts about anime or manga? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I forgot to say, um, while we were talking about anime, I was mainly focusing on anime shows, but I forgot to talk about anime movies. A big, big one that I really want to talk about. Um, well, I really just want to say that I would love for people to watch, would recommend. It's a romance movie. It's called Five Centimeters Per Second. And yes, the library does have it on DVD. So if you guys want to check it out, it's all I can say it's beautiful. It's a tearjerker for for sure. I'm not one to cry much for movies, but this one's definitely made me ball out for like twenty minutes. <laughs> so yeah, definitely go check it out. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. I think this was a fun episode and might teach some people about a whole format a whole part of media that they didn't really know anything about so thank you both for coming on the show and thank you everyone for listening and that was another episode of downtime downtime is a production of the cranston public library our theme music is day trips by ketza and our ad music is happy ukulele by scott holmes Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. To find out everything your library can do for you, visit our website at cranstonlibrary.org. Downtime with Cranston Public Library is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you find your podcasts. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Join us next week for more Downtime. Downtime.